Hey, Ravings and Cravings here, otherwise known as Ruth Hartuni and Allenbaugh, bringing you yet another show about great things in our area, things to eat, things to drink. Thanks to the Wyndham Economic and Community Development folks, and thank you to Good Company WILI for letting me be on here. I am here today in Derek Batts' backyard, surrounded by turkeys, goats, and other creatures, but we're not talking about them. Uh, that was on cue. I hope people heard that. <laughs> I'm here with Derek, and he's the sole owner of Dragonfire Meadery LLC right here in Coventry, Connecticut. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. Let's get all the important details up front, like, of course, I already said the name of the business, but feel free, and then the address, phone number, and uh, where people can find your product. Uh, so, my name is Derek Batts. Um, I own Dragonfire Meadery. We're here in Coventry um, on the south side at 580 Main Street. You can see our dragon um, as you're passing by the street. Yeah. And uh, telephone number here is 860-338-6532. And uh, you can reach us through our email at dragonfiremeadery at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, we're in uh, about a dozen package stores uh, around the northern part of the state. And uh, for details, you can check out our Facebook page or contact us through the Meadery uh, website, uh, sorry, the email, mm -hmm. or directly through the website. All right, great. So we're going to talk about mead today. For people who don't know what it is, can you explain what it is? Sure. So um, historically, mead is the oldest fermented beverage. Really? Yep. And so, uh, wow. the only one that can be made in the wild without human hands. Okay, like... How does that happen? So, picture a beehive in a tree. Okay. Some storm happens, cracks the hive open, mm -hmm. bees go away, mm -hmm. rain comes in, the honey will automatically absorb over time uh, the water, uh -huh. and then the natural yeast in the air will ferment it out. <gasps> really? That's yep. how it works? Well. <laughs> well, I mean, a, not for you, but in yeah. In a real basic sense, <laughs> yes. In a basic sense. All right, all right. So, I don't know how many people out there in radio land will have tried mead but you let me try a couple of different things today one of them is called a cabernet can you say that word cabernet sauvignon piment piment and it is very sweet and hopefully you're going to roll that out soon because that is an awesome beverage and it, and how would you suggest people drink your product what's what's the best way so really um mead is meant for an everyday kind of an affair um relaxing after a day of work Hmm. Um, chilling on the couch. Mm -hmm. Really, it's it's not meant to be anything pretentious. Mm -hmm. um, it's not. You can totally drink it with a meal, um, and a lot of the flavors will pair with mm -hmm. similar things to wine. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, really, quite a few of the meads mix well with other things. So, oh. um, in mm -hmm. the mixology side of the world, mm -hmm. um, a bunch of our flavors can be used to to make. All sorts of different kinds of things. Ah, talk about some of your flavors that you have available. Sure. Um, so we have six presently available, mm -hmm. um, starting with our traditional, which is the sweetest of the bunch. Mm -hmm. um, then going down the line is a blueberry and an apple, which are semi-sweets. Mm. And then we have our semi-dries, which are a raspberry and chocolate. Oh, wow. That one's delicious. Uh, we have an elderberry mm. and the oak Age maple vanilla. And um, actually, probably later on this weekend, I'm going to be bottling up our lemon and cucumber. 
Ooh, lemon and cucumber. That sounds so refreshing. It's a very summery drink, that's for sure. It's and like then, lemonade. Yeah, and then how about that? Um, I got stuck at the maple vanilla thing. Like, can you, could you make a sauce to put over your ice cream with the meat? Is that? Oh, totally. Know. Yeah, a lot of people have said they um, have used it over ice cream. Um, and uh, you even mentioned earlier them potentially using it in like an icing for a cake. Yeah. Totally would work. Definitely. Like just replace the liquid with mead, right? Yep. Oh, well, I, I got to try that. I think I have to try that. Well, you weren't always a mead person. No. So you've been here in Coventry for how many years? About four years. About four. And then you were making mead even before then, right? Correct. Yeah, we started in 2016 mm -hmm. um, and we started in Hartford. So what was the spark that got things started? Like, you did, did you just wake up one morning and say, you know, I think... I would like to make meat. I mean, like, what did what happened? So I was making it um, for a bunch of years, uh -huh. and then uh, a group of friends of ours were just getting together, hanging out, camping, mm -hmm. and um, really there was quite a few of them who were pushing me towards making it professionally. Uh, and I kind of said, "Okay, well, let me look into it and see how it goes from here." Mm -hmm. and then, <laughs> six years later, here we are. Are you still friends with these people? Oh yeah. Okay, so that didn't uh, spoil anything, did it? No, no, we hang out all the time. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure there's always mead when you're hanging out? Uh, pretty much all the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they probably have their favorites, right? Yes, they do. So you have half a dozen flavors. Do you Are there seasonal flavors that come in and go, or how does that work? Not really seasonal. Um, so, mm -hmm. where like a lot of the beer guys will be able to rotate stuff a lot quicker. Uh -huh. um, their ferments usually maybe a month. Mm -hmm. Mine go minimum three months. Okay. So um, getting seasonal stuff is is a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of keep a kind of a line going, and mm -hmm. I've got a couple that I do as not really one-offs, but um, in smaller batches. Okay. Can people special order this, or do you just want to go to the store and get it? Oh, well, they can totally go to the store mm -hmm. um, during the Ren Fair weekends. We're actually selling at the the fair. Oh, okay. So, which is a good place. You could have a blast of a day. Mm -hmm. Come get some mead and bring it home and drink. Do you know when any of those fairs are happening or where? They are going on currently. Um, oh, okay. So we're going to be at the Robin Hood Spring Fair in Harwington, Connecticut, uh -huh. for the next six weeks. Oh my! Um, wow. And then overlapping with that at the end is going to be Midsummer Fantasy Fair down in Ansonia. Mm -hmm. And we'll be at the Fall Fair in Lebanon, Connecticut also. All right. That one's in September. Awesome. Awesome. Well, how does one go from making mead and then to getting it onto the shelf? Like, what does it take to... What's the in-between stuff in there? There's a lot of in-between stuff. In-between. We only have a little time, That's so, fair. you know. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> First of all, for anybody who's interested in the, the back end of things, mm -hmm. um, they needed to get licensed federally. Okay. And then once that's all set, uh, in, in licensed through the state. Mm -hmm. um, that whole process took about a year and a half. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it was a pretty major commitment right off the bat. Are there a lot of fees involved with that? Um, less now that the state has accepted more of what meat is. Mm. Um, but when I was first starting out, um, they categorized us under liquor, which is considerably more expensive. Oh, interesting. But would you consider liquor mead then? No. Or mead liquor? No, they just didn't have a definition for us in the state. Oh, I see. Okay, so you were kind of like an anomaly. 
Yeah, pretty much. And uh, we're, uh, we helped with some of the legislation in the state to get the definition changed and the whole category switch, switched around. Ah, all right, all right. So let's do the commercial at this point, like the name of the business, where you're located, where people can find your product. So uh, we're Dragonfire Meadery, mm -hmm. LLC. Mm -hmm. um, we're located in Coventry, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And we're at 580 Main Street on the south side of town. Mm -hmm. And you can get us uh, our mead through a bunch of package stores, mostly in northern Connecticut, uh, but also directly from us. Or mm -hmm. um, you can visit us at the fairs, the Ren Fairs mm -hmm. that are run in state. Are there any like stores that you could mention that are near Coventry where people could get? Right down the street, uh, we're in Meadowbrook. It's right by the high. It's in the Highland Park Market. Oh, you're you're right there. Yep. Well, that's convenient. Okay. Anywhere else? Uh, locally, uh, we're in Ruby's uh, up in Stafford. That's a liquor store? Liquor store, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, up in Enfield area, we're in Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're in Spendless in Manchester in the ShopRite Plaza. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. So do you have a favorite flavor of, of your thing? that you make uh, see i make all the flavors to my own taste <laughs> uh -huh. so i love them all okay um but the batch of blueberry that just came out mm -hmm. is probably the best one so far okay so like what makes something the best for uh, you it's it's gone through a couple iterations mm -hmm. and uh just this batch turned out phenomenal <laughs> well now i'm curious i may have to go to the store and check this out here yeah, that one is, is very nice. It's it's a semi-sweet, and um, it drinks, uh, I would say, a similar profile to like a red wine, mm -hmm. but with a blueberry flavor. Well, and what's the alcohol content in general for mead? All of the flavors that I have range from 12 to 14%. Mm-hmm, okay. But as mead as a category, um, can go down as low as 5 or 6%, oh. and then up as high as 20-something. Wow, that's quite a range, though. Yeah, that's one of the beautiful <laughs> things about mead. So can, do you have control over that as the creator? For the most part, yes. Um, but uh, some people control that a little bit more. I mm -hmm. like to let the yeast do their thing mm -hmm. and pair the yeast with mm -hmm. what I'm doing. So the way I can kind of get, I can kind of dial in a range. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you talked about honey earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Talked about honey. What kind of honey do you prefer to use? Because, like, there's so many kinds of honeys out there. There are tons of different kinds of honey out mm -hmm. there. Uh, mostly with my stuff, I use a wildflower um, because I like the way that it tastes. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. got a nice floral character, mm -hmm. and it just tastes good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My <clears throat> stepdaughter, when she got married, had mead at her wedding and the dagger and, and the wench outfits and all that kind of stuff. You said there was a little bit, there was a history... So I'd like you to explain that because I think this is very fascinating and I guess kind of a history freak. So sure. tell us about it. So uh, the, the typical term of honeymoon mm -hmm. was created with mead in mind. Interesting. Um, because the honey represents obviously the mead. And um, mm -hmm. the traditional gift for the bride and the groom was a month's supply of mead. Um, because really? back in the day, they wanted to have children. Oh. And needed is an aphrodisiac. Okay. And that would get them through the first first cycle of a woman's period, which would 
not really unsure, but it would be much more likely for her to get pregnant in that time frame. Okay, you guys, you heard that here first on Good Company WILI, 1400 AM and 95.3 FM. I did not know that before. So Yeah, um, that's one of the weird little little history bits about mead. That is that is very interesting. So when you say it's like got a very old history, is there is there a time in history that you can pinpoint where roughly it like was a thing? Oh, mostly um, further back. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely a thing with the Viking cultures. Viking, okay. Um, and when you go into like like kind of the Iron Age, mm -hmm. um, where they were, they didn't really have as much stuff with a sugar source to ferment. Mm -hmm. So honey was a gift of the gods. It was a gift mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. nature uh, mm -hmm. because... Mm -hmm. They weren't keeping hives at the time. It was mm -hmm. they were all found. Right, right, right. Your bottles are beautiful, <clears throat> and you. the artwork is beautiful. As who does this for you, or do you do it? We've got about six or so artists that we work with, and oh, we commission wow. each of the dragons based off of the flavors. Those are beautiful, and there's quite a long description on this bottle. <laughs> so, is is there a story behind that too? So, some of the bottles, um, the ones that I can actually fit the story on. Um, mm -hmm go through the some of the mythology of the dragons that are that they're based off of. okay so you have this bottle and what does it say on it you want me to read the story yeah go ahead and read it um so fafner is our traditional mead and so fafner was the son of the dwarf king i'm gonna butcher this name primir mm -hmm. and brother to rain Mm -hmm. um, Fafnir was known to be a dwarf with a powerful arm and a fearless soul, hmm. and so was set to the task of guarding his father's house of glittering gold and flashing gems. Fafnir killed his father mm -hmm. to get all the treasure for himself. Soon after, he became very ill, uh, for, sorry, very ill-natured and mm -hmm. greedy, mm -hmm. so he went into the wild wilderness to keep his fortune and eventually turned into the dragon while watching over his horde. Now his brother also wanted the gold for himself and set his father's, his foster son, Sigurd, mm -hmm. to the task of killing the, the dragon. So Rain told Sigurd to um, dig a pit and lie in wait until the trail, uh, under the trail where Fafnir used to go down to the stream mm -hmm. to get his daily drink. Mm -hmm. um, Odin appeared and advised Sigurd to dig more trenches for the blood um, because at that point the, the blood was poisonous ah. um, to kind of divert it so he wouldn't die. Mm -hmm. And so Sigurd laid in wait and as soon as Fafner walked over the pit that he was in, he stabbed up into him and then that was the end of Fafner. Uh, and guys, you know, you just, you don't get just a bottle of mead here. You get, <laughs> you get the creativity, you get, is it, would it be, is it, would you consider it folklore? Would you consider it? Yeah, it's a mythology. That, it is that mythology. one's a, a Norse myth. Mm -hmm. And so on each bottle, it's like a different story? Or? Most of them have the stories on there, yeah. Um, and uh, the ones that I couldn't fit, mm -hmm. um, you can find them on the website. On, on the, which website? www.dragonfiremeadery.com. Okay. All right. So you do have a website. Yep. All right, great. So what do you feel that people need to know about your products? Like you've been here in Coventry for four years, sitting on this piece of land. 
I, was the dragon always out there? <laughs> uh, not always, um, but he came pretty early. Okay, all right, because like I just, I don't know if I just am in a coma when I'm driving or what, but I'm, I've done, this is Route 32, isn't it? 32, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've driven this so many times, and I'm like, wait, when, when did the dragon show up? So, um, yeah, tell us a little about... So, um, to much my daughter's dismay, um, <laughs> we're known in town as the Dragon House. Oh, okay. And um, so, he came about three years ago, okay. and um, people have actually left him offerings. Oh. Um, if, as you're driving by, you see a little basket, there's a little pterodactyl in there. Mm -hmm. um, somebody left the, not only the basket, but also the, the little pterodactyl um, with a <laughs> note on him saying that he needs his, his mommy. Oh, <laughs> that's great. I think that could be a thing, like hashtag dragon meadery like have people pull over take the picture and then post it on social media our draw our dogs go nuts but yeah plenty of oh yeah we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to disrupt your whole no it's all good your whole life here right huh. what do you think people need to know about about your product what would you like them to know so a lot of people have tried me before mm -hmm. um typical mead that you have that that's around in liquor stores mm -hmm. is mass produced so um it's what most people have had as their first experience with mead. Mm -hmm. um, try the craft meads mm -hmm. because each of them have a very wide range of profiles. And as, as mead as a category is mm -hmm. considered, mm -hmm. um, those base examples are really bad representation for it. Hmm. Because mead can be very similar um, to beers where they're carbonated. Oh, okay. Um, going all the way up to <laughs> stuff that's almost to the point of um, the distilled stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, not quite that high, but you can get 22, sometimes 24% mm -hmm. uh, stuff that's coming out of Europe and uh, mm -hmm. pretty high alcohol content. Yeah. But, but really in the States, you've got um, a wide range of flavors mm -hmm. and they're made to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, there's really nothing snooty or uptight about me, that's for sure. Um, it's, it's just for common people who want to just enjoy sipping on something good to drink. Yep, that tastes good. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I appreciate that point where you're talking about things being mass produced and then trying small batch. Yeah. I mean, it's a game changer, I it, think. It really is. Like, in the variety that you're going to get um, through a small meadery, um, there's a bunch even in the the surrounding states or even in our state. Mm -hmm. um, there's about four to five meaderies in state. In Connecticut? In Connecticut. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Like, where are they? I don't um, know. Spread out. Um, mm -hmm. There's one in Middletown. Actually, there's two down that side of the state. Mm -hmm. Um there's another one that's opening up, I believe, mm, but they're mm -hmm. still in the, the working through the, the licensing phase. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow, so it's it's kind of a rare bird. Yeah, yeah, we're, um, it's, it's definitely emerging, um, but it's very popular among the people that know it exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and that's why you're sitting here talking to me. Because now people in WILI Radio Land will have heard about your product, exactly. which I'm very excited about. And so, what is your dream for your business and for what you want to give to the public? Do you have a dream, a, a desire? Uh, really, um, 
I'm, I'm trying to work the business towards a, a net zero, mm -hmm. like environmentally based business. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, there's plenty of steps to go towards that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but what I want to make as far as mead goes is something that people will enjoy drinking. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot more than that. I, I, I'm a background character in the D&D people sense. Um, mm -hmm. I allow other people to have fun. Ah, well, there we go. That, that just says it all right there. So what are we talking as far as what we're paying for a bottle of mead these days? Are, are there price ranges? Are they all the same? Sure. Um, so the only one that comes in a small bottle is the maple vanilla. And that one is uh, $3.75. Mm -hmm. And it goes for fifteen ninety nine. Mm -hmm. And um, all the other ones are 750 milliliters. Mm -hmm. And they go for twenty nine ninety nine. Okay. All right. Well, you guys in Radio Land, I think this is something that you should, hear, you should uh, be happy to hear about. I'm here talking with Derek Batts, who's the sole owner of Dragonfire Meadery LLC, right here in our own backyard. So now every time people drive on this road, they're going to be looking for that dragon, <laughs> much to the chagrin of your daughter, but you yeah. know, <laughs> she'll survive. She right? mm -hmm. So I would encourage people to give it a try. I enjoyed what I tasted today. Thank you for being with me here. Sure, Derek, no I really appreciate your time. People in Radio Land, this is Ruth Hartoon in Alaba signing off. WILI, good company. I will talk to you again next Monday at 5.05 p.m. Hope to see you there.